I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. the far post podcast we are here for a tilly's squad react debrief pod we have just had the squad announce for the olympic qualifiers against uzbekistan which is not that far away at all my friends but it's a very exciting squad headlined by some very big inclusions and we absolutely can't wait to dissect it all see how we're feeling do a little bit of celebrating for some of these players as well um we can't wait it's going to be an absolutely great pod but before we get stuck into it we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people and pay our respects to their elders past and present for this Tilly's Reacts pod you've got me Marissa Lodanik, Sam Lewis and Angela Christian Wilkes so friends We have a squad. We have a 23-player squad for this Olympic qualifier. And the big news is Michelle Heyman in. Tilly's recall has happened. Um, She is absolutely the kind of biggest name in this uh, squad. Or maybe not the biggest name, but the one that... The biggest story of this squad is that Michelle Heyman is back in green and gold. She's joined by Chloe Legazzo, who has also been recalled. We absolutely love to see that. And fresh off her move to San Diego, Caitlin Torpy has earned her first senior call up to the Tillies. So there are three people we need to talk about right off the bat. But let us begin with the Michelle Heyman loving because it's genuinely insane, but in the best possible way that she is once again in a Matilda squad. How are we feeling about it? Is it deserved? Do we think she's going to be able to score from, oh my God, is she going to be able to score like we've seen her in the A-League women's? And Angela, you are the Mort of Michelle Heyman. You love a Mort reference and you love Michelle Heyman. So how are you feeling knowing that, you know, you loved her and you knew her before everyone else? To make another uh, pop culture reference, um, Captain Holt from... Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You know when he's like, Vindication. No. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not really, you know, I'm not going entirely just be like, I was right or anything like that. I'm very surprised but very happy about um, Michelle Heyman being included in the squad. Um, It tickles me. I think they've actually, with the squad announcement, had to like photoshop a Tilly's jersey onto a photo of her whereas everyone else is doing like the you know very like I'm a boss athlete I'm very serious like arms crossed poses and like profesh photo shoot so I wonder how recent this um news was for her as well but yeah um I think it's great um I think the main takeaway for me though to be honest is like I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing formula for for Tony and his team. But the fact that Michelle Heyman 
has been performing at dub level. Um, there were kind of these these questions, I think a season ago, when she was also, you know, performing very well, scoring lots of goals, um, as to whether she'd be called into camp. But obviously things have changed a little bit. We've got different questions to ask of the Tillies now with Sam Kerr out. And so I think maybe that combination and has has resulted in this, but the fact that she's like done well and earned a call up, even given, you know, she's a, a lot older than a lot of the athletes who are being called into camp. Um, and she's already had like a very uh, rich career at national level. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's great. It kind of sends the message. It's similar to what we saw with Ivy Luke of if you're doing good things, then you will be rewarded for that. And I think that's really positive. Um, and also like a really, in, in the context of the current dub setup at large, really important um, when we look at athletes, for example, like a Sophie Harding, um, what, what does that kind of pathway mean? Anyway, so that was a little bit of a tangent, but I'm stoked. Um, I did, Sam, I don't want to throw you under the bus here. Maybe go on you do want to go okay. on so I remember um back in the day I was probably about 19 anyway fully in my Michelle Heyman is the best era and I remember tw- I tweeted what would Michelle Heyman do uh and like an abbreviation for that and um Beck Shaw who is a, a long-term Tillys fan and dub fan responded um never quite reach your potential for the national team question mark and then <laughs> and sam replied to that with like a hand clap emoji and i was like oh my, oh my god did i really so I found, yeah i found that tweet through because i i remember that because i at the time i was like it was like a, a brutal truth i kind of needed to hear but anyway that's not entirely real. but for me as well i think michelle Heyman has always never quite gotten the kind of fairy tale ending for her national team career she faded out of selection there wasn't like a whole lot of context provided for that so I think in that context as well I'm really excited to like have see her have another opportunity doesn't mean she'll get minutes doesn't mean that she'll be going to the Olympics I think I'd I also need to kind of temper my expectations there but I think I'm just like really stoked for her given all of those things the context of her career and and yeah uh not much else to say for me um sam i know you have some more uh again some some more down to earth <laughs> humble onions on this but um we can we can balance each other out no totally look i don't I, it's not just vindication for you angela it's vindication for michelle Heyman, right like she was off when we did the the big board I, she wasn't even really like a lock for us she was still kind of vaguely in the conversation kind of a bolter you know, and, and maybe that's a reflection more of us than of her. Um, but I think this is fabulous. I think this is such a testament to how much she's worked to get back to where she is. Because remember, she retired a couple of years ago. She was like, I'm done with football, actually. Sorry. Like, I've given you so much of my life already and I'm not really getting anything back anymore. So see us. Um, but she's come back and she's come back to the point where she is being selected for a national team squad you know five years after she had completely withdrawn from it it's yeah it's it's amazing and you know her form definitely for Canberra um over the last two seasons um justifies that selection I think maybe like when I think about that tweet Angela I think maybe the reason why 
I would have thought that about Michelle Heyman is because when you see her goal return um, stats for club versus country, it's it's really chalk and cheese. She didn't really score very much for the Matildas when she was there. I think she's only got about 20 goals in 60 appearances or so, whereas for Canberra, it's it's a very, very different story. It's almost a goal a game. Um, and so, you know, I, I suppose I would come at it from the from the perspective of well, I would love to see her translate her club form into international team form as well. Um, but it, it just so happens that she hasn't really had the opportunity because she kind of came into the team at a time where there were already very well-established goal scorers or emerging goal scorers around her. I'm thinking of like a Lisa Devanna, a Kate Gill, and then you had a Sam Kerr coming through as well. So Heyman was always kind of not really the the, the chosen one. She, she It was just the, the bad luck of the timing, really. Um, but as we said, you know, the circumstances have changed now. Sam Kerr is out for the, the better part of the next year. And uh, Australia needs a, a, an out-and-out goal scorer. Um, they've cycled through a number of different options over the last little while. We've seen Larissa Crummer. We've seen Remy Seamson. Um, we've seen Amy Sayer. And Tony Gustafson spoke about this in the, the press conference for the squad announcement yesterday as well. You know, we've, we've experimented with a lot of players, but what they are wanting for this particular window against Uzbekistan is an out-and-out natural number nine. Um, someone who is able to play with their back to goal, someone who is able to help break down deep defences, someone who is a natural poacher and finisher, um, which is effectively what Sam Kerr is. So, you know, the, the Heyman recall is basically a like-for-like like, um, positional um, sort of choice, and I com- completely understand that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's wonderful. I'm, I'm so pleased for her. I was just scrolling through some photos um, on Getty from the, the squad announcement uh today down in melbourne and there are some like you know they do like the official portraits of the players where like they're wearing the the nice new polos and things and they're sort of standing with their arms crossed looking real like fierce at the camera and in every single one michelle Heyman just has this massive grin on her face while the other players around her are kind of just like looking real serious she's clearly stoked she's clearly so so happy so grateful for the opportunity um, and I really hope she gets minutes. I hope she gets an opportunity to actually show that she's up to the level because if she can, she may actually go to to the Olympics and and end hopefully her Matilda's career on the kind of high note that I think she's always and, and we have always wanted for her because the way that she retired from the national team, I think a lot of people remember was pretty devastating. Um, series of injuries uh, and a, a fallout with Alan Stagic, the previous head coach. Um, which sort of saw her basically just, you know, fizzle out rather than getting, I think, the the kind of ovation that she deserved. So, yeah, it would be great, hopefully, if she's able to take this opportunity and then maybe get another one in the Olympics. And who knows, she might be able to to strike the Matildas all the way to a medal. God willing, honestly, God willing. Um, but, no, it's such a good story and I wrote about it for ESPN.com.au and I was like yes it is a good story but it's also it's not just like she's been chosen chosen because like this would make a nice story this will be a good social media graphic like she's absolutely got the form in the dub to justify the selection um I will say I was surprised because I literally said on our big board that I kind of assumed Tony wouldn't select her not that I didn't want her to be selected the vibe I got was that he hasn't looked at her in his entire tenure. Why yeah. would he start now? Um, and I'm stoked to be wrong about that. Like there are very like Matilda's selections, I'm usually okay with being wrong. Um, so I absolutely love that for her. Um, 
And while I was writing, it's really funny in a weird kind of cosmic way. It's probably not that deep either. But um, Michelle Heyman's last Matilda's game was a 5-0 win over Chile in a friendly at the back end of 2018. She came on as an 86th-minute substitute for Sam Kerr. Do, 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 do. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, uh, the, the sprinkles of narrative are there um, if you wish to read into them. But, no, it's, it's so good. I'm really excited. I like that Tony explained in his press conference that um, not only is it because Heyman is in sensational form, but they are expecting Uzbekistan to sit, like, quite low, pack defence, need someone who kind of can get in and behind, and they see Heyman as a solution to that. Um, problem. So I really hope and I would expect now to see her based on the answer to that question because he's kind of lauded her as a solution to this problem. So I think we will see her on the park and I'm really, really excited about that. I'm really excited about Chloe Legazzo and the fact that she's now in a position to be selected because she's actually healthy enough. We know that she's obviously in form with Western United. We see her week in, week out doing well. So I'm really, really happy for her. And Caitlin Torpy, we were literally just talking about, oh, how cool, you know, she's just signed for San Diego in the NWSL. And it's like, it's not just that, baby. She's She's been called up for the Tillies as well. So I'm really excited to see what she can offer, not just from a defensive perspective, but maybe even as a more forward option or a wing-backy kind of option. Because, um, for example, like if the solution to um, needing to replace Caitlin Ford is actually maybe like Caitlin Torpy running down the wing or something to that effect, I'm keen to see it. I'm intrigued to see it. Um and it's um it was noted in the the press release as well. Caitlin Torpy is another one of the under twenty three Matildas who has been selected, um for now the senior team. And I think it just really speaks to the importance of the under twenty threes team. So hopefully they continue to uh get games, get funding, make sure they become an actual like well established team that we can put players into. Yeah, I love Tony G. Uh, clearly listening to our big board and being like. Y'all have no idea what bolter I've got coming at you. Like that was a real challenge uh, that he took up on upon himself. It's great. I love that Caitlin Torpy has been selected. I think she's a really um, exciting young player. And as we spoke in the last stub episode, like she has come such a long way in the last year or two with Melbourne City. And when I asked Tony about it last night, why? Like what? What was it about her that really impressed him? He said that her her profile of player is really intriguing. Intriguing is the word that he used, which I think is really interesting. And when you think about the kinds of players on that side of the field for the Matildas um, who ideally would have loved to have been there, a Holly McNamara, for example, you've got kind of a Caitlin Torpy who's able to do a, a lot of different things. We've seen Torpy play as a wingback. We've seen Torpy play as a, as a winger. And Torby can even sometimes play as a centre forward as well. So her her flexibility and her adaptability to different positions, in addition to how quick she is, not just in terms of her technical abilities, but also her decision-making. I think in, in this most recent season with Melbourne City, we've really seen her take her decision-making up to another level, which is really exciting. 
and also like off the field I think this is another thing that a lot of people tend to miss is that off the field she's also a really good character she's really mature she's got a good head on her shoulders she works really hard um and that's the kind of energy that I think they are really looking for um when it comes to the national team because the culture of that side is incredibly important for the way that they gel um and the way that they perform on the field so yeah I think it's fantastic it's it's such a um you know in amongst sort of a a bigger conversation perhaps that we can have about you know we're kind of missing a bracket of 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 players between the ages of say 23 and, and 27 you know, we've got a Torpy coming through. We've got, you know, Cairo and a Mary and, you know, a couple of other younger players who are kind of pushing up into that bracket of of, um, of players now for the Matildas, which is great because there was some serious and justified concern for a while that, you know, once this golden generation of players who are now reaching their 30s, early 30s, start to taper off, once some of them start retiring even, there was potentially going to be quite a big drop off in terms of um, how the Matildas performed for a couple of years as we make up the ground on this bracket of players that we haven't developed and the role of the under 23s that being introduced under Tony and, and becoming a more seriously established national team side um, is so important in terms of um, creating that, that opportunity and that space in the pyramid for, for that bracket. So yeah, it's great. Uh, TLDR, it's great. I love Caitlin Torpy. Um, I'm really glad that none of us said anything about her because it was a real surprise, um, and that's how it should be. You know, it's it should it, we should be able to um, sit back and see national team coaches selecting players based on data and information that we don't have access to on the outside. And once it's explained to us, we're like, of course, of course, Caitlin Torpy was going to be called up because she fits this exact kind of profile. She has all these different skills. Like, of course it is. And it just, it makes it, it makes you want to watch the dub even more and want to pay attention to these younger players even more because they could actually be in with a shot at, at being called into the senior team in the space of a year. So yeah, it's really cool. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I had a genuine question like not an opinion piece but does anybody know Courtney Nevin she's not in this squad is there was there context provided at the presser for that or um I'm getting nods it's it's kind of um Courtney Nevin isn't injured um she's you know been playing for Leicester she's been doing pretty well getting good minutes but I think it is just a matter of there is someone who can do that position who's potentially a little bit better um, and now given the new collective bargaining agreement and the way that contracts and, and match payments and things are structured, players are incentivized to work harder, more regularly in order to get these recalls into these windows. Um, so it's not like a longer term contract that once you're in, you stay in, it's literally a window by window type of thing. And I think in the period of time that has been um, allocated for this squad to be chosen, you know, Tony mentioned that he has been watching the A-League women's like crazy. He's been traveling a lot. He's been meeting a lot of players. He's been really paying a lot of attention to, to the people who are on sort of the long list, I suppose, of like 50 to 60 players who are in and around the conversation. 
Um, and I think for for this particular window against this particular team in Uzbekistan, Torpy was the was the player who really stood out. Um, Nevin needs to maybe start doing a little bit more, working a little bit harder, which is great because it means that she's going to get better. So that's that's what you want. And it's interesting because, like, when we put her in the squad for the big board, we kind of highlighted the fact that she can play multiple positions across the back line. But what Caitlin Torpy does is, like, her kind of shape on the field is more like an L rather than a flat line across the back four, you know what I mean? So, it as you said, it's like she does even more. And because we are looking at the Olympic squad that we think is only going to be 18 players, we need flexibility we need versatility and Caitlin Torpy absolutely has that right now it's just about finding out can she do that at the international level and I'm hopeful that she can um or can at least adjust quickly enough to be really invaluable potentially in an Olympic squad so that's my alarm to our at 12 p.m. the uh, Taylor Swift merchandise pop-up stall bookings go live. Um, it's a big week. It's a, it's a big month, friends. <laughs> big month for annoying people who like the Matildas and Taylor Swift, many of whom are on this podcast. Um, but, yes, before I was interrupted, Caitlin Torpy obviously, like, does the versatility thing like a bajillion fold. So I completely back in the call um, from Tony. Obviously, Courtney Nevin wasn't the only player who isn't in the squad. Obviously, we know Sam is not in the squad because of the ACL. Lydia Williams is not in the squad because she recently underwent ankle surgery. So we obviously wish both of them a speedy recovery. Um, Alex Chidiak was again floated like, why isn't she there? But I think we all know why. She's finally found a club that's actually giving her minutes. Now it's up to her to kind of get the form going. So, um I hope she does. I just want Tony to have absolute headaches when it comes to selecting his squads. Like, I want him Pepe Silviering, like, pulling his hair out, like, there's too many of them. Like, that is what I want for him. And I reckon he would probably want that as well, if we're being honest. Um, So it's good. It's a good problem to have. Uh, Any other kind of thoughts, feelings, opinions? We've we've covered the big three inclusions, which are very, very exciting. Um, do you feel more confident now about getting the job done against Uzbekistan now that we know who will actually be doing that job? Yeah, absolutely. I think we were already pretty confident that the Matildas would be able to get through this final Olympic qualifier, um, but I'm even more confident now, actually. Um, I think when we when you look at this squad, there's such a... There's such a, a range. They have range, darling. You know, like there's there's so much dimension to all the different lines on the field. Um, there are lots of different skill sets. There are lots of different brackets of experience, um, lots of different energies. And yeah, like it's it seems like most of them are close to being pretty fit as well. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to the, the Canada series that closed out last year and God, there were some players who looked tired. Hey, like the, Steph Catley sort of is the the standout one for me there. She just looked absolutely wrecked. But hopefully now that two months have gone by, they've gone, gone back to their clubs. They've had some time to settle down. Um, some of them had a bit of a break as well. You know, they're going to come into this first window of 2024 feeling hopefully pretty refreshed um, and and ready to rock and roll. So, yeah, I think it'd be great. It's going to be another another important test for them. And historically, we know, as we spoke about during the Asian Cup, that 
coming up against teams that tend to sit back and defend deep and force the Matildas to have possession and break them down can be a bit of a challenge. Um, there doesn't really seem to be much chat yet about Uzbekistan in terms of their qualities, whether they you know, have any particular players to watch out for, what kind of style they tend to, to lean into. Um, but they are a rising nation um, in, in Asian football on the men's side and on the women's side because they've invested quite a lot of money um, in their development pathways over the past 10 years. So I'm really excited about this game. I'm really excited to not only watch the Matildas, but also to watch Uzbekistan. I, I feel like we're potentially underestimating them a little bit. And we might see what we saw during the, the Perth games where the Matildas' first game against Iran it, on paper, it looked like it should have been a steamrolling, but, you know, Iran, they they had a game plan and the Matildas found it pretty tricky to try and break that game plan down and to find answers to those questions. So could be a similar thing in that first game over in Uzbekistan, but I'm pretty confident that the return leg in Melbourne is going to be a, a bit of a whitewash, especially in front of, um, hopefully, I think it's going to be a sellout crowd. So, yeah, it should be great. Did some extra tickets for that game actually go on sale or are they have they yes. been snapped up already uh yeah i think they're maybe still on sale maybe they've already sold out i don't know anyway if you're listening yesterday. and you missed out go check out tilly's website tickets on it. quickly because they went so quickly when they first went on sale um yeah i think and for me i feel more confident i feel because all of the selections that we're we've seen coming in they don't really have any question marks too much over the not the validity of the selection but kind of the the reasoning behind the selection I think we can all kind of see why um the people that have been called up have been called up and that's really nice um for everyone involved um and I also I I'll kind of be I think I'll be watching these qualifiers I do think we can get the job done I'm keen to see like some this sounds so stupid to say but good football I'm really hoping like this squad can like put on a bit of a performance for both of the games and I think we do have the the kinds of players to do that and I think also the like you were saying Sam with teams that sit back and absorb pressure I do think that can kind of be a recipe for actually doing more interesting and creative things rather than you know the formula of bombing it long and hoping that it gets on the head of a, a Sam Kerr or a Sam Kerr adjacent player. Um, but the ever the anxious person that I am, I'm like, who, like, what, what is the, the if we, if we qualify, God willing, touch wood, um, what, what names the, the won't be, I don't know. I don't know. Is it? But anyway, maybe one thing at a time. Maybe I just need to call my jets, but I'm excited. I think I'm actually like, more pumped now for the qualifiers than I was before the squad announcement, which is really nice. I think it's it's also worth just one quick mention of Chloe Legazzo as well and, and what she brings to this. We did list her in the big board as pretty much a, a lock. Um, but I think in the context of Tony's comments yesterday, um, her inclusion makes even more sense in that now, we spoke about Michelle Heyman occupying a particular kind of um, role or profile in this Matilda's team. And Chloe Legazzo sort of does something very similar. When Tony was asked about it, he said that one of the, her big and most important qualities is that she is a very attack-minded midfielder. And she has a, a, a really um, 
special ability similar to Tamika Yallop at being able to bomb forward from deep midfield positions and become a sec- like effectively a second striker. And we've seen her do that for Western United. We've seen her do it for the Matildas during the 2019 Women's World Cup as well. Um, we know that she can run all day. Shout out to Harrow. Um, and yeah, so that's, I think, being able to bring those extra dimensions in terms of more attacking midfielders to the role is is really cool too. Um, and finding different angles and different ways in which to break down whatever is effectively going to be two deep lines of, of defence. Um, having arrows coming in from all different angles and sides is pretty much the way that you're going to figure out how to how to do this. So yeah, um, shout out to Chloe, um, not just because she's a great player and has done so much hard work to get back from her ACL, but also because she marched with my football club, the Flying Bats, during Mardi Gras last year um, and, uh, yeah, was a, an incredible um, influence for our club and, and a great mentor for a lot of young people. So, yeah, woo! A hundred percent. We love Chloe Legazzo on this pod. Um, no one more so than Harrow. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing is, and you've you've all basically said it, I'm just saying it now so I sound smart too, um, both the Heyman and Legazzo inclusions kind of signaled that Tony is still trying to figure out how to replace Kerr in the sense that, like, you do have an option that is a more like-for-like like nine replacement, but then Legazzo represents more of the, um, the World Cup style we saw, whereas where it's the more false um, nines or the two attackers that occupy the space but aren't expected to do traditional strikey kind of things. Um, so, like, I kind of like that, that he hasn't fully shut the door on either option because the fact of the matter is we might have to call on both modes of attack to actually get the job done. Um, so I really, really like that. Um Literally, otherwise, the only other inclusion that we did not mention was Judd Wyman, but, like, that's really unsurprising in place of Lydia Williams. Basically, Judd Wyman has been the fourth goalkeeper for, like, four years now. Um, and that, that that's just what um, she is. But I'm stoked that, for example, like, we've got an Amy Sayer coming back. I'm stoked that Vine is in form, and I hope that she can really, like, show that in these games. Um, Because we know that she's really started cooking uh, for Sydney FC. Fowler, I really hope Fowler gets some game time because she's not getting it at Manchester City. Gareth Taylor, what are you doing? Um, Literally, (laughs) Sam's just done an Italian gesture at him and it's like, yes, why? Um, But yeah, otherwise the squad is like boring but in the best possible sense of the word because it's we know who's there, we know what they can do and we know that at their best they are more than capable of doing really, really incredible things. So um, I agree with you, Angela. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, the games are real now because we know who's playing in them and I'm excited about it. Um, Do we have any last-minute final little bits, bobs, the other? No, I'm getting uh, shakes of the head, sweet listeners. If that's us done for today, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, we're over on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. This squad is for the Olympic qualifiers, as I said. 
Um, and those games are quite literally around the corner. We've got the first leg on the 24th of February. Kickoff is 8pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. That one will be in Uzbekistan. And then we have the return leg in Australia, in Melbourne, at Marvel Stadium. And that's an 8pm kickoff Australian Eastern Daylight Time on the 28th of February. So obviously, we will have some pods after both of those games or after the series as a whole. But we can't wait. Um, Remember, we're always on Spotify, Apple, all of the usual pod spots. Leave a review and subscribe. If you have your own thoughts about the Chili Squad, which if you're listening to to this podcast, you absolutely do. We want to hear them at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, go Chilies and see us. (laughs) 